It's your boy, Red Reggie, with an all-caps RED ALERT. If you're not all-caps, you must be lowercase. Red Reggie has just been handed an emergency message straight from the Galactic Council. It seems as though your downstairs situation, yes, your specific downstairs situation, has been officially declared a void-wide state of emergency. Red Reggie will spare you all the gory details, but I'm seeing words in this memo like... Gratuitous matted, genuinely and profoundly upsetting? Be the hero the Void desperately needs and get yourself Manscaped. Pretend the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is your very own Void Battlecruiser, sawing through the thick, endless darkness of the howling Void that is your bush, you sick freak. Why, you can be just like my new co-host, Captain Orion Starcross. Thanks, Hotshot. Hey, Voidfarer. You know, I may be a 3D holographic interactive likeness of a licensed multimedia property, controlled and produced by a guided AI system, but I understand the concept of body here. When I boldly venture into that great unknown, distractions get people killed. Stay smooth. Stay ready. Plus, when Red Reggie uses the manscaped beard hedger to trim his stubble, your mother complains a lot less about the friction burn on her thighs. Yep, the only thing Red Reggie does give a fuck about is your specific mother's pleasure. Right now, listeners to the all-caps bulletin like you can get 20% off at manscaped.com, plus free shipping with promo code ORION. That's O-R-I-O-N at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's all caps, baby. Welcome to The Pod Has Been Cast, Book 2, Fall of the Void. Greetings, travelers from galaxies beyond. This is The Pod Has Been Cast, a sci-fi Dungeons & Dragons space epic. Who's playing with me today? My name is Robert Leahy. (laughs) I use he, him pronouns. And I'm playing Xandar Radnax, who uses he, him pronouns. Hey, Uh, (laughs) y'all. My name's Bianca Phipps. Um, I use they, them pronouns. And I'm playing Hart, um, who also uses they, them pronouns. And um, my name's uh, Carlos Olmedo. Um, <laughs> I, use, I use he, him pronouns, but I play Rain, Rain Hallwinter, who uses she, her pronouns. <laughs> Are we all like doing like a thing where we're upset to be here? Or is this like... <laughs> <laughs> this no, we're really nervous. <laughs> that was oh, what I was really going for. Nervous. I was going for like Meek? baby's first audition. Meek. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, we were slating, but we were really nervous. <laughs> we were really nervous. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we, think we were going to get in. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, hey, I'm Jules. I'll be your void master this evening, and I use they, them pronouns. No, I can't be Meek. Meek doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> yeah, you're too sexy. <laughs> Let's uh, check in. Yeah, it came off sexy. Yeah, me, me, me. 
This is um, Mark Jules impression, by the way. Deeply rude. Listen, we only have a couple episodes to go before the end of this campaign, and plenty of time to still kill my friends. And with that, let's review what happened last time. Last time on the pod has been cast. Upon discovering the city was littered with checkpoints manned by HAL personnel, Xandar pulled a rope trick and hid us inside a hole in our commandeered truck. Our deception got us into a service tunnel, but the HAL general who accompanied us wasn't fooled. He pulled a grenade and sounded the alarms, forcing us to think on our feet. Luckily, we found a maintenance entrance into HAL's headquarters and navigated the tunnels until we found a room full of scientists evacuating the building. It was here we learned who Rain 2 had been communicating with, Dr. Wainwright, her father, and the man responsible for the Warforge designs. He pointed us in the direction of Ezekiel's private elevator after some convincing. And, to my surprise, Rain 2 decided to come with us rather than go with her father. Perhaps she's more like Rain than I thought. We utilized Hal's restoration pods to prepare for the inevitable, and Antithesis delivered a message. He can't wait to show us what he has in store. We see Limbo, the rift in the sky above it, this uh, gilded city of silver. And we see the council walking through it, escorted by guards on all sides, but definitely tense as this city is full of Githyanki looking down from rooftops, um, armed as they march into the uh, capital of the Githyanki Empire. Um, waiting at them on the steps of this Colosseum-like building, we see um, a retinue of HAL agents mixed in with Githyanki soldiers, and in the middle, we see uh, the floating specter of the techno-lich that is Zeke, um, the same one that you encountered several times, Hart, his sort of preferred hologram visage. And uh, we sort of focus in on the face of Rain's um, mom, who looks unnerved at this reception. But up in space, above Limbo, we see the Githyanki fleet um, sort of sitting in patrol of the area as the Star Corsair um, enters into orbit and moves in. <laughs> that's, our, that's our boy! <laughs> the um, ships immediately close around the Corsair, like hornets sort of swarming prey. And um, we see like multiple like alerts showing up on the Corsair's screens, the empty ship of the Corsair. He has Orion Starcross, sits in the captain's seat looking at it. Um, and uh, you see like leans in as a button lights up and he says permission to board granted um and you see the largest of these githyanki ships sort of taxi in and connect with the corsair as a um captain a githyanki captain um walks aboard the corsair and you see the corsair from this uh githyanki's perspective filled with people you see like like people just kind of like 
running around the deck of the ship holding clipboards. Um, somebody comes in and receives them. Oh, thank you so much. The captain will see you now. And sort of like being taken in. Uh, the Githyanki captain looks very confused um, as um, he sees like a very like kind of sultry nurse walk down the hallway um, and sort of <laughs> gives them like a polite nod and a blush as she um, disappears down the corridor. And the uh, Githyanki captain is like led into the captain's quarters as uh, Orion sort of looks out onto space. The Githyanki captain says, you're in controlled space. You shouldn't be here. And um, Orion looks out into the void and says, hey there, Voidfarer. The way I see it, none of us should be here. We don't belong in the void, but we can't live without it. And with that, I leave you. And Orion turns and looks and winks, and the hologram, and the hologram of all of these, like, fake crew members sort of disappears, and the captain says, What is this? What? Get off the ship! And the Corsair explodes. Yes! (laughs) Um, But we don't know the aftermath of that. You don't even know that happened. Because right now you're in a glass elevator ascending to the heights <laughs> of Hal Tower. Um, there is some like light uh, music <laughs> playing <laughs> as you ascend. It is um, Hart, it is Rain, it is Xandar. Um, you also have Artemis, uh, Rain, Wainwright, aka Rain 2 and um, Cassiopeia with you as you climb. Are we all right? Everything went okay in the pods? I just know that we're being watched, so yeah, I can't help but feel like we're walking into a trap, but it doesn't look like we have anywhere else to go at this point. Yeah, everyone keep your wits about you. And then I, I crouch down to Rain 2 and I say, uh, you know, things are going to get really tough from here on out, but I'm really proud of how you handled that situation back there. With yeah. That. Whatever. I'm not scared. Are you? <laughs> Me? Scared? No way. And I, I give her a noogie. She punches you. Ow. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Okay. All right. Enough. Enough. What's enough. Your, what's, what's your AC? <laughs> oh, God. It's 17. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, it's it's just a playful punch. Uh, not playful, actually. No, like, she didn't mean she didn't mean to do you harm. Just knocks the wind out of me. You feel the elevator suddenly come to a halt, and you hear a voice. Um, the music sort of cuts out, and you hear a voice say, "Hey, I want to show you all something." And the elevator opens up. Do we? Did we recognize the voice at all? Yeah, um, especially you, Hart, will immediately recognize the voice as um, Ezekiel Harper. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. will go first. Wait, um, hold on, before before you go, I want to touch both of your um, bracelets and give you the charge of uh, the recharge. Gift. Yeah, the gift of alacrity. Friendship. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Thanks. Um, I will go first. Shield out, sort of like taking up as much space as I can in case something is going to come towards us. I want to protect my friends in the elevator. 
totally. I'll follow behind as I clip the high velocity barrel to my gun, <laughs> adding plus one to all my damage rolls. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. And then I'll follow behind and after I like recharge their watches, I'm like already charging my battery again. Just ready. <laughs> I want it to be at a hundred percent low battery mode. Turn off the Bluetooth. You know? <laughs> Airplane mode. <laughs> battery this, saver. This watch is ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, you see um, Artemis, like, sort of slink out of the elevator, um, sort of has a hand on her uh, whip, and she sort of says, I don't like this. Um, and Cassiopeia sort of clunks out <laughs> of the elevator, and uh, she says, me neither. Um, you find yourselves in a small, like, sort of reception area. Um, you see kind of written in bold sort of metallic letters um, attached to the wall, a Harper and Sons, a human touch in the void um, written on the wall. You see some, like, um, seating there. Um, obviously, like, people, like, sort of waiting for entry. Um, you see, like, these big mahogany wood doors um, that obviously lead into this suite. And um, there's also, like, a small, like, reception area, um, um, like a reception window uh, that appears to be dark as you walk into this room. There's also some, like, plants around, some, like, fake plants, um, and a couple dead ones, too. Uh, for, for about ten minutes, can I use a ritual to cast Detect Magic to scan the room to see if there's any... Yeah, you'd have to sort of chill here for ten minutes, though. Is that cool with everyone, just to make sure there's no magic traps or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know where we're going anyway, so, you know, as long as something doesn't pop out at us in the side of that 10 minutes. Yeah, basically basically with Detect Magic, like, I can move and scan. So we can, like, continue walking, but it's like an active scan for up to 10 minutes. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah then you start working on your uh, Detect Magic um, as you are sort of waiting and getting that spell fired up. Um, you hear... You can just hear more explosions um, from up in the stratosphere. And then um, there's sort of this like huge window on this floor too that overlooks the city. You see this ship falling out of orbit that slams into the farthest part of the city. You see this massive like plume of smoke come out. Um, and as you're firing up Detect Magic, you hear um, Ezekiel come over this, like, loudspeaker again. You're running out of time. Um, I would like to look to Artemis to see if she... Uh, like, my question is if that ship was one of ours or one of theirs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This wouldn't require a check. You're looking and Artemis looks furious. And um, she, like, turns to you. Right? Can you hurry that up? Yeah, all right. And so I, while I'm doing the scan, I'm multitasking, and I, I want to send that little disc, the arcane eye, up ahead too to see if there's anything in the distance. Uh, sending it through that door? Yeah, if I can. Yeah, okay. Th that's sort of the only uh, way out of this area is okay. that large door. Yeah, I just wanted to get a peek uh, and see if, you know, there's anything on the other side. Sure, yeah. Um, you will have to open the door to do this. I will open the door. Okay, okay. cool. 
Um, you open the door and you send your eye through. Um, your eye has like dark vision, so I think we did all that last time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as it's like going through, uh, you kind of are looking at a very dark office. Um, there's a bunch of desks and chairs, um, like workstations kind of set up that stretch this room. Uh, this room is like relatively large. Um, it goes on for about, um, let's call it like 90 feet mm-hmm. of just like desks. You see um, off to the side, there are these like enclosed like conference area spaces with these glass doors. Um, it looks like this place is relatively neat and clean. Um, everything is like sort of like there's no dust on anything. Everything mm-hmm. is kind of arranged in very specific ways. There are even like computers and monitors at each station. Um, you see like there's like a little um, coffee area, like a water cooler sort of area set up over there too. Um, that's sort of what you initially see as you uh, send your eye into this spot. Got it. It looks it looks clear to me, although um, it looks like it was recently taken care of. If it's dark and anything like relying on dark vision to see, like for anything relying on dark vision to see me, I'd be invisible. Can I just like slink into the room and hide? And like buy one of the desks. Totally, yeah, yeah. Roll a stealth check. Okay. I crit. First roll. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ah. Oh, that's an idea. I do John Cena. Yeah, you do do John Cena. You slip in. I like dissolve into the shadow. Yeah. 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 Um, you no problem doing that. I think you like tuck yourself under one of the desks and are um you feel pretty confident that you are imperceivable. I will follow, not stealthily, sort of like keeping the attention on me while Zeke, uh, while um, Xandar slips into the office space. And I want to step in um, and I'll say, are you here? Um, you see <laughs> all the lights in this area turn on. And Xander's um, just completely visible now. Like, <laughs> mid, like mid tiptoe. Like, it was still a very good hide, so I will say you were still tucked under this desk. Nice. Um, Are but, you naked, uh, Xandar? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sneakier. Aerodynamic. <laughs> you see, with these lights turning on, you also see holograms sort of appearing throughout this office, and it appears to be like just sort of people frozen in like work poses. So you see people over, like, by the water cooler that seem to be, like, sort of joking and uh, respectfully, like, like having a good time, enjoying some coffee. You see, like, um, one of these conference rooms lights up, and you see a bunch of people, like, kind of in there. Looks like they're in a very heated meeting. Uh, people, like, kind of carrying uh, uh, paperwork walking. None of these things are moving. They're all, like, very stationary. Um, and they appear to be wearing, like, clothing that looks a little odd to you. Um, perhaps even for you, Rain, a little dated um, as you're like looking at these images and you hear Donnie again, I'm um, saying, this is um, a recreation of uh, where this all started. Hmm. It was important to my older brother to preserve a memory of where we came from. This is what Harpers and Sons used to be. Um, I'm going to step further into the room. Can I roll, uh, like a perception check, um, to see if there's like anybody actually here? Totally. Um, nine. 
<laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the um, the holograms are alarming and a little confusing, um, but you don't detect any, like, actual movement as you start to walk in a little deeper. And uh, Zeke continues and says, um, When the uh, elves first reached out to us, made first contact, humankind, we were on the brink of extinction by our own design. Harbor and Sons was created to preserve what was good about the human race. We thought that if we would have to interact with these aliens, our best asset were the things that made us great in the first place. He was actually a huge part of that. And you see, um, Hart, as you like walk deeper in the room, this like static image of Orion Starcross like sort of pops up with like a big like thumbs up and a big grin. This seems to be like an older design of Orion Starcross. It's definitely like more blonde on these like piercing blue eyes, a very clean kind of void suit that also looks very out of date. Big thumbs up, big smile. Not like kind of the roguish Orion that you were used to now. I walk through him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you see, as you like continue to walk through this room, um, it seems to end in another elevator at the very end of it. Are you up there? Yeah. I'm waiting. Just you? <laughs> I got a few more things to show you. Come on up. You see the elevator pops open. I will turn to look back at my friends and see where they are. Oh, you can't see Xander. <laughs> no one can. Yeah, Xander's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> naked is right here. He's like oiled up and naked. <laughs> Shimmering. <laughs> but you see the rest of your crew. Um, I won't speak for Rain, but they're sort of like poking through this room. You see like Artemis kind of picks up like this um, Harper and Sons coffee mug and like uh, sort of like tosses it in a trash can and like keeps walking. Um, Cassie P is like stepping through this room, like trying to be very careful not to knock anything over as her um, suit of armor takes up like quite a bit of space. Good. I love when women take up space. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> she actually, you know what? Yeah. She proudly walks through this yeah. room. She yeah. knocks over a desk. She doesn't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I just you let break one through rip. that glass elevator. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. fart. I just fart in the office just to. Establish my, my presence. Let's leave yeah, it. okay, yeah, you do that. You fart. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna roll roll for stench. Roll for stench. No, please. Oh, I got a 14, so it's really stinky. Pretty yeah. stinky. Uh, uh, Xander, uh, Rain didn't realize how close she was to you when she did that. <laughs> <laughs> like literally right by your nose. Yeah, yeah. you get all of that. <laughs> smells like my pillow on the ship. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is like the no, fucking last episodes. I'm supposed to be like sort of full of tension. When, uh, <laughs> when my friends go to get on the... I'm going to wait to come out until my friends actually get on the the elevator because I have a for some reason something in my guts telling me that there's something in that elevator so I want to wait to see them get on first before I come out okay yeah uh really quickly I, can I roll uh, can I it, sort of investigate the place to see if there's any relics from this like that are not holograms that are present in the in the office yeah totally and I'll also say that your um detect magic isn't really uh, picking up anything okay as okay. you're uh, continuing to walk around um you yeah, I mean, like, there are coffee mugs here that say Harper and Sons on it. There's some mouse pads. Um, 
these computers look ancient to you, yeah. Rainier. I don't think you're even completely sure how they operate. Like you understand them on a a you know technical level, mm-hmm. but you you you're like, is this what people used to use? Yeah. Um, they're also like the water cooler is real, the coffee machine is real. Um, it's just like sort of the people and the things that they're doing that are holograms. Okay, gotcha. Um. So yeah, it's it's it literally is just like a little museum then. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it's like the Epcot ball. I'm ready to press on. If you guys are, I am. I'll push the button on the elevator. Um, Xander, you're not quite on yet. You see the doors starting to close. (laughs) (laughs) Hold that elevator. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were here. Um, yeah, you get on again, and the <laughs> elevator starts, like, going up. Um, you hear that the, the the music is now, like, sort of the Orion Starcross, like, sort of theme song. Um, and I'm, like, the mumbling it. <laughs> elevator continues to rise. Um, it dings, and you um, come out onto another floor. Um, you can tell immediately that this is a little different. This is... Um, a similar sort of layout. So you come out into another lobby area and it says, um, you know, the same thing, Harper and Sons, a human touch in the void, uh, but it's a little bit sharper. The uh, text is definitely different. And this area just looks more modern. Um, and you see these, like, the doors in front of you are actually, like, kind of cracked open. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, really dark up here. Can I try to hide again? Um, sure, yeah. So what you're looking at in front of you is sort of the same kind of um, entryway. Um, there are some couches out here as well. Um, there's like a reception area and there are doors in front of you. Uh, tell me like kind of where you are trying to hide. Is there any way for me to get into the reception area to like get into whatever that would be? It's sort of like a solid glass, um, but you can try to like get through it somehow. Just mm. <laughs> tell me how you would do so. No, yeah. If, they, if it's solid glass, if there's not like a way to get back there, then I'll just like try to hide behind. Maybe there's like a ficus or something I can totally. hide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a big dead ficus, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I critically failed on that one. So, nice. so yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> sort of stumble into this room. You see once again, the lights come on. This is a little less nice, but this is where things ended. I'll follow Xandar into this second space. Yeah, same. Yeah. You see that these doors are definitely electronic, and they're, like, kind of trying to open, but they're kind of grinding. And they, like, keep stopping and closing and trying to open and close. Um, But uh, you proceed into the office space? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and do, we get, open. do I get the sense that any of the stuff in this room is actually functional, or is it all just like an exhibit? This feels less to you like an exhibit than the last floor. This feels like these were actual offices that were used. Okay. Do any of these computers turn on? So yeah, as you walk into this room, the uh, lights sort of turn on. Um, you see that there are really no computers in here. If they are, they're sort of smashed into pieces. This place is in like kind of disarray. There are desks that are like kind of turned over. You see papers, like like people threw them all over the place. There are a couple shredders out too um, that like were, looks like things were in the process of being shredded. Um, you see like conference rooms that are like kind of busted open. The um, sort of coffee area is like completely sort of destroyed. Uh, but uh, you do see, yeah. I just really quickly about those shredded papers. Yeah, are they are they all collected like in a bin? Um, they're kind of all over the place. They're like uh, bags, like sort of garbage bags filled with them. And there's like overturned like shredder bins with uh, shreds of paper inside of them. Can I cast mending? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, mending is another spell that it takes like a minute to cast. But yeah, yeah you can uh, try to repair some of this paper if you'd if like to. If we have sure. a minute. Yeah, totally. I, would, I would like to see if there's any like important information on these documents. Absolutely, yeah. Let's just have you roll. Let's call this an investigation check just to find an actual piece of paper that means something and isn't just like sort of like an uh, an unfortunate email. It's like a, a butt photocopy or do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh 31. <laughs> what the fuck? 31? Yeah, my investigation, I have expertise, so Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> The 19 and it's we plus enter 12. the room and we turn around and Rain has like six reams of documents. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Just <laughs> I like paper mache them back together. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking wild. I think when you come across Rain, um, you sort of take uh, one of these things that are, it looks like they were sort of in the process of shredding, but something kind of interrupted it. I mean, as you start piecing it back together with mending, um, you see that these documents are all sort of pointing to kind of the shadow organization within Harper's and Sons, right? Mm. Um, it seems like a great uncle or grandfather of Ezekiel at one point sort of split from the original purpose of Harper's and Sons um, to sort of give humans a foothold in the void. And this is where, like, kind of the human supremacy sort of thing started. So you see, like, a lot of deals um, for the creation of, like, these fleets, of these, like, weapons and things like that. Um, you also see uh, uh, connections with uh, something that you would recognize, Rain, um, this thing called the Black Network which is an organization that you have come into contact with. And it seems like there's a lot of ties between how, well, there was at one point ties between how and the black network. Um, you know, from experience that that seems to no longer be the case, but um, that seems to be like sort of one of the places where they got uh, kind of their um, military advancements from. Um, and a, a lot of these things seem to be uh, funded by other kind of void governments. Like um, you point to that a lot of house, like kind of military infrastructure um, through the black network was being funded by the Elven government, um, looking for humans as like an actual ally in kind of colonizing the void. Yeah. This is really important context because there are there are some people that might have been under the impression that they were supporting the I, what was it how are both factions of of Harper and Sons how like I guess my question is like for the people that wanted the betterment of humans but weren't on the sort of like black network portion of it where they were they also considered hal or are, are the no how was like something that in, is what was created within Harper and Sons as like a extremist group got within. it okay now so Hal like has separate. sort of taken over Harper yeah. and Sons. But originally Harper and Sons was just about human advocacy. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this kind of tells me that, you know, the goal of the elves who were once like the controlling stake of the void, like their goal was never really equity in the first place. Yeah. Mm. They just yeah. wanted to help. It seems like another move for control. I'm glad we blew them up. Just kidding. I don't say that. That's not canon. It doesn't go in the document. Mark, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I oh, think, my God. I think Xandar feels a little disillusioned. You know, I, I, yeah. I think that 
process has already kind of been happening over the course of his experience, um, you know, with Hestia and and mm-hmm. sort of coming around and coming into his own. But uh, yeah, that, that something kind of clicks into place for Xandar here, just about how the elves are not the benevolent force that they taught in the Gith history books. Totally. Right. And, you know, you see, like, part of this reign that, that like, kind of goes to Xander's point is, like, a lot of the promise of, like, lifting humans out of the ruins of Homeworld was that they would sort of serve the elves in a way um, that was kind of, like, part of what led to the schism sort of between Harper and Sons mm-hmm. and Hal was that, you know, they wanted to kind of use the humans in a way that they could no longer use the orcs as, like, infantry. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to the elves. It all comes back to the elves. Um, But, you know, with these documents, you know that uh, humankind also had dirty hands in all of this. I want you all to give me a perception check. Ooh, okay. I got a 23. Uh, 21. I got a 12. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, Rain, you are (laughs) absorbed by these papers, and I'll roll for your friends just for shits and gigs. Okay. Um, I can never have too many perception checks. Yeah, uh, Rain, you are just on your own fucking planet over here. (laughs) As the, um, rest of your party, you do hear some noise coming from a door sort of towards the center of the room. Um... So again, at the far end of this room, you see another elevator door. Um, but sort of in the middle wall, you see a door that will like sort of probably lead to a balcony if your like bearings are correct. Um, that should like kind of face the out- exterior wall. Um, you hear like some. Uh, it sounds like uh, something like turning on, like a like something like sort of powering up as you go over there. Um, you also see. Yeah, you'll hear, actually. You'll hear um, Zeke come back on the loudspeaker. We made a lot of mistakes back here. And that's what I'm trying to correct. That's what I'm trying to fix. I'm trying to carry out my family's legacy. But what you're... Fix? How? Yeah. By eliminating our differences creating one, one kind. There is something that is so, it, I don't think heart has, it, it's really difficult for them to like tamp down this emotion that sort of like feels very overwhelming of just like anger at that response, just very betrayed and upset and I want to move to this balcony door. Totally. And open it. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, you open it. You see this is like sort of a, uh, a longer hallway that ends in light. Um, you can tell that it comes, it's, like, it's sort of like leading um, to 
uh, what must be like sort of an enclosed uh, uh, balcony area as you see like light sort of streaming in. And as your, I guess your eyes don't really need to adjust because you are mechanical, but mm-hmm. <laughs> as you sort of focus on what you see, you see like a tall figure at the end of this hallway and it seems like this person is like working on a, a massive computer of some sort. Um, doesn't seem to be paying you much attention. Zeke? Um, the uh, person on the computer like sort of stops and turns, and as they turn, you see that their face is just like sort of a mess of tentacles, mm. this long, like sort of slender figure. And you recognize this creature heart as the alithid you came across in uh, Hestia's uh, moon base. Hestia's boyfriend? Snap. Who sort of like oh, turns shit. to look at you and kind of like nods no and turns back to the computer and continues working. I don't think that Hart was expecting that at all. And so sort of like <laughs> turns, like pokes their head back out into the main office space um, and looks at Rain uh, and says, it's the, the creature from Hestia's moon base, the one they took. I, I take a peek and uh, I say, it doesn't seem to think that we're a threat of any kind. Maybe we can talk to it? I Affirmative. Wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the idea that she might be nearby. You think? Hestia? Yeah, if, if he's here, I mean... I don't know. I, I get the sense that maybe she's two-timing us. I, I feel real uneasy. Affirmative. Mm. I had not considered that, but you raise a good point. Yeah. For sure, yeah. he would know what she knew up to a point. That would explain why they were able to move so quickly. What does party do? Do we kill him? <laughs> I don't. I don't think we have a choice but to confront him at this point. I mean, yeah. we, we've we've barreled through a number of points of no return throughout the course of our adventure, and let me tell you, this one feels like the last one. So, I yeah. put my hand on Xandar's shoulder because I, 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 we may be misremembering Hart and I both, but that this was a, a very uncomfortable sight for Xandar back on the moon base. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and I, it's, um, a, it's a really uncomfortable sight now. I mean, it's like a, it's like an ingrained sort of primal sense of hatred, you know? Mm. Definitely something that Xandar has not gotten over or worked through or unpacked. It's something yeah. that is literally trained into his psyche, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you see um, Artemis is getting, like, a little uneasy, and she's like, I'm losing ships. What are we doing here? I want to turn to Artemis and... Uh, say, you know, I want to at least bring up the connection that she had with the Illithid because I know she used some kind of Mind Flare tool. Yeah. So I want to look at her and be like, what sort of connection do you have with those people? Um, She sort of like looks at the door too and she's like, huh, there's one of them here. I don't have any connection with them. I've just been using their tech. That's all. Listen. You, you just found it? Yeah, that's what we do, Sandar. We find things. All right. Um, I'm going to slowly approach the Illithid. Okay. 
Um, you walk down this hallway and you get close enough to this thing. Um, yeah, you see it's like operating on, it's like actually kind of a nice office space. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it sort of is in this like kind of glass um, uh, balcony kind of office, like windows all the way around overlooking the city. Um, you see the sky is just a hazy mess of smoke. Um, that fire still rages from that ship that fell out of orbit. Um, you see that he's working on this uh, pretty like large computer display. Um, tentacles are also like pressing parts of the screen. Um, uh, lots of bleeps and bloops around. Mm-hmm. As you approach, you hear in your mind, the one you seek is not here. Um, and you hear that like inside of your mind. Yeah. Well, just because I don't like feeling left out, I cast message and mm-hmm. I go into his brain or their brain, I should say. I don't know what their gender is, but I, I say, what are you doing here? I am completing my work. I've almost finished. And then I will be gone. That was our agreement. With Zeke? Correct. Why do you do it? What choice do I have? I mean, you could choose prosperity. Prosperity? Yeah. When we last spoke, I was inside of a cage. It's amazing to me that... I'm, I'm saying this still. Message. Um, It's amazing to me that there's so many smart, wise people like you, who just keep getting fooled. Do not misunderstand me, human. I do not do this out of some grudge or hatred. I do this simply because it was an agreement. The data here was wasteful and destructive, and I have made it clean and perfect, as my kind always has. I do this because it is my nature. Such petty feelings are of your kind, not mine. If you simply operate based on promises that you make, what's the point of living? The point? (laughs) You would not understand my design. It is beyond you. But let me show you what I have solved. I mean, sort of like pulls up a bunch of screens and um, heart... Xander, um, the rest of your party, you're all hanging kind of back. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So then, Rain, you will see on these screens, um, will look like footage almost, or or like a a um, sort of like a security camera mm-hmm. of like a different area, and you see this like kind of large pit uh, filled with bodies. Um, you see like organic and. Uh, what used to be void forged bodies, sort of like in pieces, kind of in this like large like pile. Um, you see like a bunch of different angles of that shown. It's pretty horrifying, actually. Roll a constitution saving throw. Mm, that's uh, pretty good. That's an 18. Yeah, it, you feel it kind of turns your stomach, but you are made of sterner stuff, and you're able to like kind of push that away as you look at this. Um, and now the guy sort of, or the guy, the um, lithid sort of stops working and like turns to you and says, "This is what your kind is capable of, not mine. I have eliminated this waste and created a more humane process. You've created the process of combining." Organics and void forged? 
I suppose I cannot take complete credit for it, but I did perfect it. There is one of your kind, a Dr. Wainwright, that possesses intelligence beyond your ilk. There is also the perfect machine, your antithesis. The three of us together were able to find perfection, or something close to it. Though I will say, this antithesis, such a waste, such potential. No doubt you are here to destroy it. As someone who is an engineer yourself, I hope that you'll understand the the concept of perfection, of a formula that's perfect, of a machine that's perfect, is nothing in comparison to the miracle of life. <laughs> miracle of life. We are a mistake. Rain all winter. Never forget that. Yeah, but we're the coolest mistake ever made. I do not understand the sentiment. <laughs> I want to wheelie over now. Yeah. Um, I I think before I leave, I turn to Xandar, um, and I say, the responsible thing would be to kill him. If he's in league with two of our other enemies, I don't understand why he would just be working freely here. We've just been li- we've just been watching them sort of silently stare at each other, right? As all of this is happening in their yeah, minds. Yeah, you've just yeah. been watching them stare, yeah. <laughs> right here, like, Xandar is trying to piece together all of the, like, red string conspiracy theories as to, like, why he would be here, what sort of involvement he would have, or, like, if Hestia is somehow involved now, or if his knowledge from Hestia is now being funneled into Zeke's grand design. Um, but if, if he's here and Zeke is knows that we're here, certainly he knows that he's here and he's be allowing him to work freely. So I'm assuming that he is an enemy as well. And I'm just going to say back to Hart, we'd better spring before this trap gets sprung on us. Affirmative. Um, I want to move. He's, he's just sitting in that chair near Terrain. Uh, no, he's, also, uh, he's standing in front of this like console. Um, I'm going to try to gut him. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I will say as you approach, um, two things are going to happen. As you all sort of like make this plan, Artemis like sort of says, fuck, if you're going to waste time with this, I'm going on ahead. And um, she turns and starts moving towards the elevator. Um, as you start moving, um, you pass rain. Um, you go to approach this guy and you hit up against something that you didn't see. You sort of put your hand up and you see this like sort of solid invisible wall around this guy. Um, And then he like sort of turns to you, Hart. Um, And we'll switch back to you in a sec, Xandar. Um, He turns back to you, Hart, and he says, you've come to interrupt me. It is no matter, I am finished. And he like sort of presses a button and the station sort of powers down. My work here is complete. What will you have of me, Void Forged? What did he promise you? Freedom. What does that mean to you? Home. You know why he sent us here, don't you? Who? Ezekiel. I would imagine to take care of me. It would be the logical thing to do. And you knew, and yet you finished. It was our agreement. Though, 
Perhaps I've done more. Perhaps I have created certain fail-safes. Perhaps I have knowledge that could help you. I suppose it's up to you to decide. He sort of reaches over and he kind of like, um, powers something else down and you feel this like sort of force sort of disappear. And he looks at you and um, he says, I have lived too long and I have served my purpose, though it is not within my nature to die willingly. I will put up a fight. If you would like to spend your resources here, that is your decision. What do you know? Uh, Xander, you see um, Artemis sort of like beelining towards the elevator to go up, um, sort of over this situation. Uh, Cassiopeia looks like, what's going on here, Xander? I, I, I don't know. I, I think we might need to fight. I don't know if this thing is threatening us or not. Um, she's like, figure it out soon. And she um, goes after um, uh, Artemis and uh, Rain 2 sort of like goes past you towards this thing. She's like, I want to know what it is. I'm gonna not stop her. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you ask her what it knows. Um, it's sort of, um, kind of makes like a weird coughing noise. This actually comes out of its like physical body. <laughs> um, and it says, I know much. I've seen much. What do you ask of me? I want to know what fail safes you placed. Construction of these warforged continue. He will amass an army, an eternal army that will continue. It is, however, connected to his new form. If that new form is destroyed, so will his control over these creatures. They will live, but they will not have orders. They will sit and rot. There will be no way for anyone else to control them? Incorrect. Someone could. How? There are many methods. Someone could um, take control over the station that manufactures them. They would have to be quite clever. Beyond what is normal of your kind. But once deactivated... It would be an easy thing to wipe them out. How? Violence seems to be your go-to, Void Forged. You seem quite capable for it. Affirmative. It is what I was designed to do. <laughs> How wasteful. That does not insult me. I there do is not nothing wasteful about my you. design. This is a misconception on your part. I'd like to approach now, uh, and is there any part of the conversation with Hart that Xandar was able to hear? Was that all happening? In yeah, Hart's as you mind, all like or? sort of approach, you're sort of like added to this uh, group text. The group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Xandar walks in, he's the green bubble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, um, I, I want to approach the uh, Mind Flayer, and I'll just say, fine. If you're in the business of making deals, let's negotiate. I want to know three things. One, where is he? Tell me and we won't kill you. And by he, you are referring to Ezekiel Harper, I assume. Yeah, you already knew that, squid face. Well, your kind is easily confusing. 
you will find Ezekiel Harper at the very top of this building. There is a garden. He waits for you there. The next thing I want to know is, will you go back to her? Who is her? You know who I'm talking about. Incorrect. The elf who manipulated you, who imprisoned you, who you have some kind of complex and toxic and vile relationship with. I see. Uh, Through the cloud of your misjudgment, I understand what you mean. I have no more use for Hestia the Moonbreaker. Though, I am fond of her, as one of your kind would be fond of some sort of pet. I suppose then you don't know the answer to my third question, which is where she's at. This does not matter to me, so this information I do not have. I don't think we waste our time with this Cretan. Affirmative. Let's move. Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, he um, sort of uh, looks back out at the uh, flaming sort of landscape of Homeworld, and you hear him say again, such a waste. Um, you three move on? Mm-hmm. Does Rain 2 come with us? Rain 2 sort of like still there and is like looking at this thing like with a, a look that you, one would maybe look at like like a, a a kid that has found an interesting bug and is sort of like has like an eyebrow arched and is like sort of stepping nearer to this thing. I kind of look at Rain as if to be like, this is sort of your jurisdiction. If you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. But I don't have a great grasp on what children are and are not allowed to play with. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I go to Rain, too, and I say, all right, kid, come on. <sighs> Whatever. And uh, she, like, sort of shrugs her hand off and, like, goes back and follows. Okay. Yeah. To the elevator. Yeah, you make your way up to the elevator. Um, you continue your climb up, and um, you see the elevator sort of stops, and the door does not open, and you hear Ezekiel come on again. Why'd you let him live? Because you wanted us to kill him. <laughs> Damn. After all this time, I thought I could predict your movements, but... You still surprise me, Art. I know you. Yeah. Maybe I don't know you. The elevator starts up again. I look at Xandar, um, and I say, I think that there's just like a moment of, of just like admiration for my friend to to like see how like knowing how Xandar feels about the Illithid and how he was able to sort of like walk away in an act of mercy. Um, and I don't think Hart really has the words to express that, um, but just places their hand on Xandar's shoulder um, and just squeezes gently and is aware of like where we are all headed. Whatever it is that they tried to get me to do to them, there was always something that rebelled against it. So. Those same instructions trigger that same response now. I don't blindly follow orders. I'm unlike the rest of my kind. They're worth saving, but their fortitude ain't great. 
If there's anything I've learned from y'all, it's to use better judgment. And I appreciate that. The elevator slides open and you are hit with, um, fresh air. I think for a second you all recoil and, like, reach for your masks, but as you, like, sort of breathe it in, the air is sort of sweet. It smells like, um, sort of being inside of a botanical garden. It smells, like, kind of earthy and spicy and a little sweet. Um, and you are looking at the entryway to what looks like a large greenhouse at the top of this building. Um, and as you, like, sort of step in, you see, um, Cass and Artemis are already there. Looks like Artemis is kind of scanning around, um, is, like, um, also typing, like, kind of into her, like, uh, wrist, uh, sextant. Um, and, uh, Cass, uh, looks like, like, Cass was, like, in the process of, like, trying to convince Artemis to slow down as the door opened. Um, they both, like, kind of turned to you all. He'll be here. We're ready for him. Come on, catch up. Um, a wheelie out of the elevator. Um, and, uh, as I, I, like, wheelie out of the elevator, like, reach the threshold and, like, turn and look at my friends. Um, and I say, um, I will do what it takes to protect you. You are my family now. Let's not be blinded by our main objective here. We're not here to kill Zeke. We're here to kill Antithesis. Let's find where we can plug in and destroy this thing. I'm done playing games. Yeah. Affirmative. And then I'll sort of hastily move in league with Cass and uh, Artemis. Okay. Uh, Rain, you follow? Yeah, I, I want to say something to Rain too really quick because I think I imagine she was very quiet on the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask really quickly, uh, I say, I, I want to ask, what were you so fascinated by down there? Uh, roll insight. Uh, 13. Um, yeah. You see, her eyes are alert, uh, but she doesn't, like, hear your question initially. And she, like, sort of turns and looks at you and she's like, what? Look, kid. I know there's a lot of complex formulas that are running through your mind right now. I understand that. But there's something that we've never been able to solve, and that's the formula of life, the formula of randomness. Maybe maybe we can work together and protect that. Um, she like sort of looks like she's like about to say something to you. And she like kind of like giggles a little bit and smirks and kind of shakes her head and um like <laughs> walks away from you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Roll another inside check. Okay. That's a 17. It almost seemed like she was laughing at a joke. And uh, she sort of walks away. Weird. Weird, weird, <laughs> weird, weird. I, I'm sure I have a lot of very militaristic training in spotting the first signs of illithid mind flare invasion. <laughs> yeah, right. Can I, do I get any sense of like, one, they think they're laughing at jokes in their own head. Like, <laughs> good giggles. The giggles. Um, yeah, that's the first yeah. thing that happens when a mind flare enters your mind. <laughs> the giggles. Xander, well, Xander, how would you, yeah, tell me how you spot this or how you would try to spot this. I, I want to just, as I'm turning back to Rain to see if they're catching up, when uh, Rain 2 first doesn't seem to hear the question, 
I, despite my own feelings for Rain, too, know that she's very sharp and attentive and has a mm-hmm. really high sense of, like, awareness for what's going on around her, almost as a defense mechanism, even. Um, so the second that she's not paying attention to something that someone says, I feel that something is off. Yeah, I'd say... I'd call this either insight, maybe perception. Okay. Maybe even survival um, with advantage. Okay, sounds good. All right, my insight and perception are the same. And that is a 19. Nice. Yeah, you kind of like zero in. Um, you're, the the Githyanki are more, known more for their telekinesis rather than tele telepathy, um, but psychic fields are something that your kind is just naturally very attuned to, and you do sense like a low frequency static hum around Rain too, as uh, she sort of like walks away, um, still like kind of like looking at the ground, um, um, walking towards the group. Can I take out uh, Wainwright's sextant? Sure. And look in the contacts for Zeke and try to call him to see if, Mm. like, his phone ringing would reveal his location in this room. (laughs) (laughs) He does seem like the type of nerd that would have his phone on ring. (laughs) Even, even like, if it's on vibrate, you know. Right. (laughs) Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) What a modern solution to this problem. Um, I'm crafty. Very interesting. You call... Seek. Ah, uh, I don't know. How what. was he saved in Wainwright's phone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I don't even know if Wainwright would have his numbers saved in his phone. But it, it kind of makes sense. Go ahead and roll me a luck check. Let's call it. Let's start with there. Okay, just a just a plain d twenty. <laughs> yeah, just a plain d twenty. All right, we'll see what roll happens. High. Hey, let's see. Okay, that is a sixteen. A sixteen. Okay. Then yeah, you do find a number that is just sort of saved as um, Z. All right, I, I want to call, I press call just to see what'll happen. Yeah, okay, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, Does he have a ring back? Call. And you hear like a raspy sort of voice, like it comes in like very like kind of, like a lot of like static and you hear, hello. I don't want to say anything. I don't respond at all. Doctor, Doctor Wainwright, where are you? Hello? Do I hear him in the room at all? Outside uh, of this, no. like, what's on the phone? You don't, and the voice does not sound like Zeke. Does not sound like Zeke. Does it, do I recognize the voice at all? Uh, roll history. Ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. who this? Who this? It's Red New Reggie. Phone. Okay, that's a 17. <gasps> Sounds Oh, sorry, like... a 16, minus okay. one. Okay, okay. <laughs> no! <laughs> it sounds to you like Dr. Lovehand. This bitch. Oh, damn. Whoa. Doctor, if you're there, I need more time. Where are you? I want to hang up. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Freaky. Okay. That's freaky. Freaky, freaky deeks. <sighs> All right, I'll walk over to Rain 2 and I'll, like, um, try to snap her out of it. Whether I like, I'll slap a child across the face. You're going to slap her? Yeah. Let her have it. 
Uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't think she sees that coming, so I won't make you roll. Uh, but she, uh, she'll take a. What's your strength modifier? Uh, it is zero. Okay. Well, she <laughs> takes no damage from that. Um, Good. but she was like sort of like startled, like like kind of get up, and she's like. Um, immediately, like, reaches for her watch to, like, cast a spell. She's like, what's your problem? And looks like she's about to, like, attack you. Wake up. Stay sharp. I am awake. I thought you were smart. You're getting tricked. I'm not getting tricked. What are you talking about? Pay attention. If you touch me again, I'll kill you. I'd like to see you try. (laughs) Do you really want to? Pay attention. Um, she sort of like looks at you angrily, Rain. Like, like sort of expecting you to step in. I hold the hand out to Rain. I say, wait. Uh, Kid, pay attention. Think. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, she sort of like shakes her head and she's like, are you done? You're losing it, kid. You're losing it. I thought you had an edge. You're going soft. I want to like keep goading her. Um, yeah, and as you press, you all are sort of looking at this, like, kind of confrontation between Xander and Rain 2, the confrontation we were waiting for in the finale. <laughs> and you the final battle. hear, like, a ding, 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 ding. Something, like, sort of bounces on the ground and rolls and, like, hits just the edge of your shoe, Xandar. And as you look down, you see an explosive device that... Goes off. No. And that's where we'll stop. Oh my no! God. We got blown out. Wait, it fell out of her? Like it <laughs> came from her? No, no, no. It came from, you don't know where it came oh, from. Oh, it just you came from wherever. Okay. your eyes on, on Rain 2, and then that happened. Gotcha. Fuck. Um, but uh, for those of us that have our eyes on the prize, where can they find us? You can find us where all prizes are. The internet. Uh, you can find us across social media at The Pod Has Been Cast on Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, Patreon, and our website. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and TikTok at The PHB Cast. Uh, Carlos, is there any um, little sisters <laughs> we need to be saying thank you to this week? <laughs> uh well, since I was going to say something else, but you know, since you said little <laughs> sisters, why don't we uh, shout out our friends along the way that we've made from different podcasts? Uh, Tell me where I lose you, hate mail, um, just like so many great like other programs that uh, have just been so supportive and loving. And whenever we're with them or we see them, they're just very nice to us, and we're very nice to them. And just want to give a shout out to them. So check out their shows. Hell yeah, check out their show. Yeah, and, and uh, just to like jump in and hijack the shout out really quick, mm-hmm. another big shout out to uh, Campaign and the One Shot Network. Yeah, I think, oh, you totally. know, yeah. looking back at our experience through this whole process, sort of without their uh, lifting us up and us able to stand a little on their shoulders, I'm not sure if we ever would have got to this point. So mm-hmm. mad appreciate that. Damn. Mm-hmm. And speaking of getting to this point, um, as I have sort of alluded to in our openings last couple of sessions, we are moving towards the exciting conclusion of this campaign. So uh, keep your ears and eyes fully peeled to hear what Peel. might be coming next from the PHB cast crew. Um, but enjoy the rest of the ride. Uh, and with that... I take you to my favorite things to ride, and that is the Gilded Stable 
of the whole <laughs> Why do I sound like the fucking penguin from Adventure Time? Like, fuck Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Everybody loves Gunter. I'm talking about these golden horses, these fucking stallions in the stables of the Howl of Patrons. Every now and then I go and I stroke their mane. I'm a bit of a horse girl. I feed them some oats and apples, give them a little slap on the butt, and then I just saddle up and ride them sometimes bareback even, through the night. That's how much I love the Patreons of our Hall of Patrons. I'm talking about horses like Omar <laughs> A., Emily B., Luca, Eric Payne, Desmond Universe, Warren Daly, Jonathan Yatsky, Arlo Howard, Adrian, the bad boy of the internet, Olives, Todd Allworm, Michael Sepcott, Matt Hunter, Sam Weissman-Holler, Platinum Sky Lounge member, Zach Schley, Zachary S. Zimbal, Time Turner, Aaron Sillick, David Moreland, Thomas Boeing, Sarah Witherington, Elijah Sloan, Sarah Harrison, Jerrica Hookie, Hannah Beeler, Zelda S., Rhea Strong, Nick Bromley, and my big brother Juan. Thank you, horses, for keeping our chariots afloat because you now now you're pegasi and now you're we're pegasi. flying thank you so much please <laughs> drop a I've photo been reading of some percy jackson and mm. i'm getting uh i'm getting greek mythology and um god you're good horses and if you want to be Great. one of our our horses head on over to patreon.com uh php cast pod has been cast and uh support us at any level you feel appropriate uh if you can't do that support the show some other way tell your friends give us a rating we love you and we'll be back with new content before you can blink your eyes and with that i go to my uh yeah sometimes i can't ride a horse sometimes i gotta ride a cowboy and the best place to find a cowboy well, that's gonna be Robert's corner. Get along, little doggy. Hey, I have a, I have <laughs> a super, I have a super relevant hot tip to the whole be a friend, tell a friend, grassroots, uh, word of mouth podcastiness of this podcast. All I right. discovered recently that at least on mobile in Spotify, when you are listening to a podcast and you pause it, if you pause first and then go to share a link. It gives you an option to enable sharing from the point that you paused it, oh, so cool. you can Ooh. you can share like specific moments or references mm. from podcasts with people, so that when they click the link, it'll open up right to that moment in the time of the episode. So That's if great. you if you want to share your favorite PHB cast moments. Just listen to an yeah. episode, press pause, and then go to share it, and you'll get that option to enable sharing from the point that you paused it. Pretty neat, huh? Dang. Aww. Like, we all liked that funny, funny fart joke that Carlos did in the conclusion of our yeah, podcast. share that shit. <laughs> <laughs> share, right. yeah. share my farts. <laughs> share Carlos's farts. Share your top 10 favorite Jules wompings. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> they are actually kind of rare. I mostly get womped. Um... <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>